well, <laughs> you know, vision um, is not one person. We are a, a group, we're a community who loves and supports each other, and we couldn't do all the things that we do here without everyone's support. And I just want you to know that our ecclesiastical team is, is a, a group of practitioners and ministers, like uh, Reverend Lori said when she, when she did our community prayer, right, that we are we're a group that, together. And, and it takes all of us to do the, the programs and the ministries and the outreach, and, and each and every one of our staff ministers has a, a role in that, you know? And, it, and we couldn't have a community this size and, and even grow larger without the help of all of our um, ecclesiastical teams the ministers and the practitioners. So I want you to know that Reverend Jean is just such an integral part of that. She's a founding member of Vision. She has always held the vision of Vision as a, a vital and vibrant and growing spiritual community. And her part in it right now is to be the director of our compassionate care ministry. And so it's, it's hers to do and to run, and she just does it with that giant heart of hers. She helps uh, all of our members who are in need, who have uh, maybe physical or, or um, health challenges or any other kinds of needs or have to arrange for rides or groceries or whatever it is. Uh, that comes into this um, ministry, this compassionate care ministry. And Jean just does it all so seamlessly, you know, like we always talk about the, you know, the duck that just glides across the water and you think that it's so effortless, but underneath that little guy's pedaling like crazy, right? And Jean does that. She brings that to compassionate care. She does it so easily and effortlessly, and I know it's a huge job, and we are so grateful to have her here. So please let me welcome, and let's welcome, Reverend Jean Phillips. Well, here I go pedaling. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you so much, and congratulations. Just thrilled. Ah, so, um, before we jump in, I want to do just a quick backgrounder, um, just to get us in, in, in mindset here. So each year, the Center for Spiritual Living comes up with an overarching theme, right? And so this year, 2023, the theme is Living Out Loud. And doesn't that sound fun? I like that. I like that. Um, I, it reminds me of another favorite saying or term of mine, wholehearted living. That's another one, right? But so each month we're focusing on a different key element um, to, to really live out loud, right? So last month, you may remember, we talked about authenticity. That was our focus. This month, it's we're looking at, at its sister, is <laughs> how I consider it. It's vulnerability, vulnerability. So, and let me give you just the little cliff notes about that. To access the power of vulnerability, to be truly vulnerable, requires letting go and letting in. So that's the title of my talk today, <laughs> all right? long way to get there. But it's all about loosening um, our iron grip on things and opening up to the possibilities that, uh, that await us. So that's what we'll be exploring today. Are, are y'all on board here, you know, as we walk into the heart of vulnerability? Okay, good. Got your permission. 
So I want to start with the question, who cringes when they hear the term vulnerability? Okay, besides me, right? I have to admit, I, it's not a word I'm very comfortable with, right? The idea of being vulnerable is very scary. Let's just say that. I, it's, it's kind of be, being vulnerable to say that you're scared of vulnerability, I think. And, and in fact, I'm not alone. In fact, the, the word vulnerable comes from the Latin word, vulnerablas, which means woundable or liable to injury. Ouch, right? That's not good. And here's one of my favorite definitions from, of course, the, the vulnerability guru herself, the researcher, sociologist, author, Brene Brown. She says, vulnerability is risk plus uncertainty plus emotional exposure. Whoa, right? Kind of sums it up. Risk, uncertainty, emotional exposure. I don't know about you, but I'm not rushing to the head of the line to sign up for that. I don't, <laughs> right? But, but for all my trepidation, I also know there is great power in vulnerability, especially when we understand it as being undefended in a good way. Right? It's dropping our defenses and our pretenses and, and really being who we truly are, being fully present both to others and to our own lives. Right? That's the power of vulnerability. Brene Brown again, vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. If we want greater clarity in our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. So even with all of its trepidation. It's worth going, right? Expanding our comfort with vulnerability is, is a worthy goal. And, you know, the opportunities for vulnerability are, are everywhere, right? The fact is, just to be alive is to be vulnerable. I mean, just think about little Gabriella, right? A newborn, right? fully dependent, fully vulnerable, and yet so open, so open to everything around them, the new world. And as we walk through our lives, we're confronted with experiences that call us to be vulnerable and, and call us to the opportunities to open us up to a, a deeper appreciation of the world that we walk in. So here are some examples of uh, times we might feel vulnerable. And this comes from Brown's research and interviews of the people that she uh, spoke with for her research. So see if any of these kind of hit, hit you. You can relate. My first date after my divorce. Yeah, yeah, it would be a little vulnerable time, right? Talk about emotional exposure. And yet also, the potential 
potential for new love, right? Starting my own business. Yeah, there we have risk, right? Big time. And the potential for just a larger creative expression. Watching my child leave for college. Another vulnerable time, right? It's uncertainty right there. And a potential, a potential for new life. How about this one? Apologizing to a colleague about how I spoke to him in a meeting. Ooh, yeah, that's a hard one, right? Forgiveness, asking forgiveness, ooh. And yet, what that does is build, you know, trust, bonding. And then there's always the old waiting for the doctor to call back with test results. Yeah, just sitting in the unknown, right? Just sitting in that, in that place of uncertainty and, and fear, and then moving into faith around it. So any of these kind of hit home, you, you get an idea of what vulnerability feels like and how we see it, right? We can all remember the scary times when we stepped outside of our comfort zone and, you know, that pit in the stomach kind of nervous coming to the edge kind of energy. In fact, I just have to say I'm feeling a little bit of that right now, standing up here in front of you all. <laughs> this is a vulnerability for me, right? And we often associate it with weakness. You know, I must be strong and self-assured. But really, the opposite is true. You know, when we're not vulnerable with others, we can come across as, as aloof and cold and guarded. And what that does is disconnect us. It makes it difficult for others to get to know who we are and to connect on a deeper level. You know, it, it really it prevents that authentic connection with others. And connection is really where wholehearted living starts. It's where we find that. Engaging and expressing our true selves with joy, that's living out loud. That's what it's all about. Connection, really, brings us alive. It is our deepest longing and, and our greatest need, really. But it does require a willingness, a willingness to share our struggles and to ask for help. And I know that can be one of the hardest things to do. Right. Reverend Patty mentioned the Compassionate Care Ministry, right? where we're here to support our members through times of difficulty. And it takes courage to ask for help. I mean, how many times have you asked someone if there's anything you could do for them and you were told, oh, no, I'm fine, it's, I'm fine. And then later learn that they were, they were in the midst of a huge struggle or a challenge that, that you really could have helped with if you had known. It hurts. It hurts that loss of connection, both for the person who's offering and, and for the person who needs the help. 
or the other way around, say after, after service in, in um, our fellowship, someone asks you how you're feeling and you respond just with the automatic, oh, I'm good, oh, hanging in there, right? But what if instead you took a moment, just checked in with yourself, how am I feeling? And then risked sharing what was going on. Even if it was just, for instance, you know, well, since you asked, I've been feeling a little isolated these days, so I'm really happy to be here, right? The connection that's built there is huge. That, that opening to, to connection at a deeper level. You know, our fear of vulnerability also limits our personal growth. When we're not vulnerable, we're more hesitant to take risks, right? To try new things. We tend to stick to what's safe and familiar rather than exploring new opportunities and growing and developing, right? I, I still remember the debate that went on in my head the first time I signed up for a religious science class, right? I mean, part of me was really excited about learning more about this teaching and, you know, how it might expand my life. You know, I heard this change your thinking, change your life, and I thought, well, that would be fun, right? But there was a part of me that, that was in real fear about opening to something new. I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, my life is working a good 70, sometimes 80% of the time. That's good enough. Why should I rock the boat, right? You know, fortunately, I decided 100% is better. <laughs> so I signed up for the class and look where I am today, right? Certainly, life has changed. But, and we've all taken those, you know, leaps over the edge of the unknown to the unknown, right? Some, some were little small hops and some were gigantic jumps, but we've grown in the process. The image that, that comes to mind is that of a trapeze act, right? Where one of the acrobats is caught midair by the other. And one of the first things the acrobat has to learn is that as you're swinging out and you let, you have to let go before the other person has arrived, right? <laughs> That's vulnerability, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so this is where the letting go part of the talk comes in, right? The letting go part of living out loud. Because the biggest reason that we, we avoid vulnerability is that fear of being hurt. So we build that emotional coat of armor, trying to protect ourselves from disappointment, from loss, from just feelings of shame, all of that. We carry a shield, a shield from emotional pain. And those shields are things like cynicism, Right, is one. Or withdrawal by distraction. Give me that phone. <laughs> right? Addiction. Or just generally shutting down our willingness to love. After all, if I don't get close to anyone, I won't get hurt. 
But that leads to this emotional numbness. It may protect us from the emotions that we don't want to feel, but it also numbs us to the full feeling of life, right? Of deep love and, and connection and peace and, and joy. Right? Remember, a vulnerability, risk, uncertainty, emotional exposure. I mean, all of those things threaten any idea that we're in control. <laughs> and we love being in control, don't we? Just love it. After all, we have a lifetime of strategies to keep the catastrophe at bay, right? I love this quote by Marianne Williamson. She says, children are happy because they don't have a file in their minds called all the things that could go wrong, <laughs> right? I mean, who, who has that file here? <laughs> Again, besides me, right? This list of potential disasters, you know. I, I don't know about you, but I keep mine pretty up to date. <laughs> Adding to it daily, right? And interesting, there's a, a study at the University of Michigan um, found that 80% of our fears and worries never even come about. 80%. 10% are petty and can easily be addressed. And so there's only a small fraction of the things that we fear that we can actually take action on. I mean, it doesn't stop us, right? But here's the thing, the more I focus on my, the, the more I focus on fear and I worry about the things that could go wrong, the more I freeze. Right? I close down. I cling to those fear-based strategies and, and resist change, resist anything changing around the status quo and actually fight it, actively fight it sometimes, right? As Pema Chodron writes, when we resist, when we resist change, it's called suffering. Hmm. But when we can, can completely let go and not struggle against it, it's called enlightenment, right? I mean, suffering equals resistance to change. Enlightenment is letting go and not struggling against the tide of change. That is always happening, right? And enlightenment, isn't that what we want? Right? To be vulnerable is to stop controlling, trying, controlling and predicting, right? That I, I just know what's gonna happen, so I'm not even gonna go there kind of thing, right? And instead, it's being willing to, to risk with no guarantees. Because if, if I can drop the armor that protects me from feeling vulnerable, I can open myself to experiences that, that I've been seeking all my life and that we've all been seeking, the full expression of spirit that we're here to live, right? But we have to drop the armor in order to have that. Ernest Holmes asked this question, what would happen if we converted the energy of fear to faith 
and the energy of doubt to a feeling of belonging to the universe and being safe in it. Right? What would happen? What if we did that? If fear was converted to faith and doubt was replaced by feelings of safety and belonging? Well, he answers the question with another question. He says, would not the original artist go forth with us into new creation? Right? Would not God, spirit, divine mind, original artist, as he says, create with us a new expression? And of course it would. Of course it would. We know that our thought creates. It's done to you as you believe. Right? And fear is only a mental construct that we've created with our thoughts. So it's something that we can also dissolve with our thoughts, converting the energy of fear into faith. It's like that trapeze artist again, right? You have to have faith when you let go of the bar that even though there is space and time when you're going to be in midair, there will be someone to grab you and bring you to safety. And the spiritual truth, the fact is, we are safe. We do belong. You know, Spirit's got our back. It's our net, right? It's safe to let go. Like the Buddhist teacher Ajahn Shah once said, if you let go a little, you have a little happiness. If you let go a lot, you will have a lot of happiness. And if you let go completely, you will be completely happy. Right? It's all about how, how much we're willing to let go of. And of course, happiness doesn't mean, of course, nothing will go wrong and you'll never be disappointed or hurt or, or discouraged. I mean, life will happen, right? There will be pain and loss, because that's life, true. But often it's also, those are our greatest teachers and our invitations for vulnerability. Pain and loss shatter that usual way of being, right? That comfort zone, that ego-controlled self, and allows us to open up to our true, authentic selves. You know, because the, the truth is we're not meant to detach or numb out or avoid or distract ourselves from, from the pain or from the beauty of life. By letting go, by letting down the armor and, and embracing the vulnerable parts of ourselves, we'll also be letting in, letting in more joy, letting in more love, and a wholehearted, open, living out loud kind of life. And that's the most important part about the gift of vulnerability, is when we allow that authentic, vulnerable, true selves to show, what we're doing is giving permission to others to do the same. 
we're creating a safe container for them to let down their armor and to come into the wholeness that they are. And you know what? That's how we change the world. And we're here to do that, to change the world, to make it better, right? Reverend Scott Aubrey put it beautifully when he wrote, in your raw, honest, vulnerable way of being, you may become a channel through which someone else feels God's touch. You may be the occasion for someone else's defining moment. You may be the only book of wisdom that someone ever reads, or the only voice of truth that they hear. It may be through your kind words and your touch that another person may feel the embrace of the divine. Right. We only need to reach out, open-handed, open-hearted. So I invite you to look for ways to be, okay, just even a little bit more vulnerable this week, all right? To, to feel your wholeness, to embrace your wholeness, to, to be brave and show more of your true authentic self. Just letting go of what's keeping you small and letting in your greatness Open the door to that wholehearted life that awaits you, living out loud. Thank you very much.